It's the weekly bonus episode of This Week in the CLE from Cleveland.com, when we briefly look at the top stories of the week and talk about some lingering questions. I'm Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn, and here's what we are talking about in the newsroom. We can't tell whether investigators are on to something with their foray into the bioenterprise contract at the Global Center for Health Innovation, but we have some key questions that can clarify it. To recap, prosecutors from Attorney General Dave Yost's office, who have been running a nearly two-year and largely unproductive criminal investigation of Cuyahoga County government, asked a few weeks ago for records involving bioenterprise. At Cleveland.com, we've been through those records and we don't know what to make of them. Neither Cuyahoga County officials nor BioEnterprise is talking, which is ridiculous given that we are talking about the public's money here. This is what we would like to know. Did anyone in county government sign off on expenses such as $2,000 dinners in Las Vegas for BioEnterprise without demanding the itemized receipts that are standard in expense reports these days? All we saw was an unitemized credit card receipt. If Armin Budish's administration signed off without demanding accountability, well, that could be quite bad. Next, how did the quasi-public agency running the Global Center conclude that BioEnterprise was paid with public dollars for work by someone who had nothing to do with the public's business? No records provided back up this conclusion. And why, we wonder... Did BioEnterprise walk away from the Global Center one day after learning of the criminal investigation? Was it because of the investigation? Was it because BioEnterprise was getting jerked around on legitimate expenses? Or was it because the Global Center always has been a very stupid idea that cannot work under anyone's management? Stay tuned, we are trying to get answers. Our big questions this week about the Cuyahoga County ban on plastic shopping bags, originally set to become effective January 1st, have less to do with the ban itself and more to do with the dysfunction of our elected leaders. First, the county council adopted this ban months ago without doing much of anything to communicate it to grocers and the public to get everyone ready for what will be a big change in our retail landscape. Then, at the 11th hour, just this week, the Cleveland City Council set about trying to exempt the entire city from the ban without doing much at all to talk with the county council. Cleveland officials say they need a year to work closely with grocers to prepare them so that the cost of the ban does not put them out of business. Finally, sensing that Cleveland's action imperiled the countywide ban overall, the county decided to postpone enforcing the ban for six months, hoping to assuage Cleveland's concerns. But the county did not even bother to check with Cleveland first. All of this comes to a head Monday when Cleveland City Council will vote on what to do. Some city council members are unhappy with the council president for not working more closely with the county. At Cleveland.com, we're kind of astounded that this thing could have gone so far without basic communication between the two governments. We do expect more from our elected leaders. We finally have some answers to questions we began asking three weeks ago about the giant tax increase that Cuyahoga County Executive Armin Budish wants voters to approve next year. When I say giant, I am talking about an extra $35 million a year. Budish and Council President Dan Brady launched their push for the tax increase by refusing to tell us how they would spend it. 
This week, they finally answered the question, and it's an interesting answer. This is not about maintaining the status quo in the county. Budish and Brady see a dire need to improve the services the county provides to the people most in need. So, $5 million would go to mental health services with treatment for an extra 1,000 people a year. $5 million would go to make permanent the dramatic increases that Budish brought in for quality pre-K seats. Six million would go to kinship care, in which children removed from their homes would be placed with relatives instead of strangers because experience shows far better outcomes. Getting the tax passed will not be easy, partly because of how badly Budish and Brady fumbled in rolling it out. And County Councilman Jack Schron wants to put two questions on the ballot to let voters decide whether they want to increase services in the style of Budish and Brady. One question would be about renewing the taxes as they stand. The other would be about the big increase. Schron did not appear to get much support, though, as others think two questions on the ballot would confuse voters. Cleveland.com is not alone in wondering whether a decision to put the new Cleveland Police Headquarters outside of downtown, way out along the new Opportunity Corridor, is a waste of land that is supposed to be for private development. City Councilman Tony Brancatelli is asking such questions, too. Mayor Frank Jackson made the proposal earlier in November, saying he wanted the space to develop a campus concept for the HQ. But Opportunity Corridor, the most expensive pavement ever in the city, was given all of the funding it needed because of the promise that the road would turn fallow land into prime areas of economic development. The road, which will link Interstate 490 with University Circle, is not even open yet, and Jackson is proposing to put a government building out there. Doing so would move 600 jobs out of downtown without adding any jobs to the city tax rolls. Brancatelli wants the administration to look at some other sites before settling on the mayor's proposal. The question of the day for some of the people working in the Cleveland.com newsroom of late is what is the deal with America's love of Hallmark-style holiday movies? Three of the brightest stars in our newsroom, Special Projects Manager Laura Johnston and reporters Mary Kilpatrick and Emily Bamforth, say that in an age of harsh news and polarization, ending the year with a holiday season of mush-filled happy movies is an escape. We have this conversation on the latest full episode of our This Week in the CLE podcast, which you can hear anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm the straight man on this episode, trying to understand why anyone would find value in what clearly is tripe. But my colleagues make a good case for giving this special form of television programming a chance. They also name their favorites, and one of them has to do with handcuffs. Yes, handcuffs. That staple of the holiday season. Give the podcast a listen. The Hallmark discussion comes near the end. The team at Cleveland.com wishes you a peaceful holiday season and thanks you for listening to This Week in the CLE. We'll be back with a regular episode full of analysis on Thursday. Thursday.